In Jesus' name we have prayed. Our Father, we thank you because you are here in the person of the Holy Spirit to give us understanding, to give us illumination, to help us know what we did not know, which is the reason why we have been walking in disobedience. Thank you for that enlightenment. We receive understanding today in the name of Jesus. We receive illumination in the name of Jesus. We receive direction in the name of Jesus. And we receive wisdom. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Quickly before we take our seats, let's declare the words of understanding. Let's use our mouths to open our hearts. I like that. Let's use our mouths to open our hearts. Right, right? All right, let's use our mouths to open our hearts. Now let's declare the word together. One, two, let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. His word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It's healing me in every area. Making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I said amen. amen. Understanding, that's your portion today in Jesus' name. Amen. Please greet somebody on your left and the right. Tell the person that's your portion too. Understanding is your portion. Yes. All right, when you do that, just take your seats. Let's quickly get into our teaching. Now, let's open our Bibles today. We are looking at overcoming Satan's schemes. Let's not ever forget, Satan is a plotter. What we just need to know, Paul said, we are not ignorant of his devices. People pray wrongly when they don't know what he's doing. Somebody said one of the greatest tricks Satan has played on mankind is to make them think he does not exist. Now, I'm not discussing whether that's the greatest or not, but I just want to show from there that his tricks he plays. Are you getting me? He plays a trick. And let's bear that in mind. So what we need to do is to understand really how it works. Spiritual things are real. You go to school, you learn physics, you learn biology, you learn chemistry. And those things you learn in chemistry, at least I don't know the kind of person you are, when we were children, we took them home and practiced them. We made electric bells because we read Abbott and Nelcon. And later we read Nelcon and Parker. And we took those things home and we would take a metal, you know, bar, wind a copper wire around it after insulating the bar, and then we'll connect something to it and it will magnetize. And we saw how to break the circuit intermittently until the bell worked. That's how spiritual things are also. You can learn how they work and you must not be ignorant as a believer. You must have understanding. I said something last time that it gets to a point that not having knowledge becomes a sin. You are born ignorant, that is true. But you know, you see an adult saying 2 plus 2, of course, you see a child, 2 plus 2 tells you it's 22. What do you do? You laugh. A child tells you, a child 5 plus 5, it tells you it is 6. What do you do? You laugh. And I see a teenager, you tell him, ask him five plus five, and he tells you it is seven. You worry. Are you getting my point? Did you teach him five plus five? No. But at your age, you should know. That's what we are saying. Many things we don't know as believers, they become sin for us. We talked about sin last time. So we should go after knowledge. We should go after spiritual understanding. We should work so that we will know. 
It's not right for us to continue to walk in ignorance. It's not right. We must work hard to know. He said, pursue knowledge. Seek it. Pursue it. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. That is, make the effort to get it. Don't expect that it will just come to you. When you hear a seminar is going on, take your time, take your money, go there, and go and learn. Are you getting my point? You know, my wife used to have issues with people on things like, you see people who will spend 20,000 naira for a bottle of perfume, 100 mils, 50 mils. The same person will look at the book, tell him it's 800 naira. I say, is it not costly? And you wonder why false prophets are growing richer. As long as you can buy a bottle of perfume for 20,000 and consider a book of 1,000 naira costly, the false prophet will become richer. On your money, as a matter of fact, if we don't value knowledge enough to spend our energy, our resources on it, that is when we empower deception in the environment. That's it. So we have that responsibility to go out and look for knowledge. We have the responsibility. All right, now let's continue today. Let's be looking at Satan's schemes. The book of Zechariah chapter 3, I'm going to read um, New Living Translation so as to save time. Verse 1. Then the angel showed me Joshua. I don't know why they wrote Joshua. <laughs> I just call it Joshua. Then the angel showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. Now notice this. The accuser, Satan, was there at the angel's right hand, making accusations against Joshua. And the Lord said to Satan, now please follow this. I, the Lord, reject your accusations, Satan. Yes, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebukes you. This man is like a burning stick that has been snatched from the fire. Now, verse 3. Now, Joshua's clothing, clothing was filthy as he stood before the angel. So the, Lord, so the angel said to the others standing there, Take off his filthy clothes. And turning to Joshua, he said, See, I have taken away your sins. And I'm giving you these fine new clothes. Let me stop there in that verse 4. I have taken away your sins and I'm giving you a robe of righteousness. I have taken away your filthy garments. You have to understand from scriptures that when you see filthy garments, it's referring to sin and iniquity. And when it talks about fine new clothes, it's talking about the clothes that is the robe of righteousness. Righteous works. Talking about the nature of Christ, the nature of Christ imparted to us. He's talking about the fact that we now have the righteousness of God. Please notice this. It was not Joshua that worked for it. It was put upon him. I have given you. I am giving you these fine new clothes. Let's just read some more verses. Verse 5. Then I said, they should also place a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean priestly turban on his head and dressed him in new clothes while the angel of the Lord stood by. Then the angel of the Lord spoke very solemnly to Joshua and said, This is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. If you follow my ways and carefully serve me, then you will be given authority over my temple and its courtyards. And I will let you walk among these others standing here. Now let me stop there. Why I needed to read that 
is to let us understand that even though new clothes have been placed upon him, instructions were also given concerning how he's supposed to walk. Joshua was cleansed not by his own works, but by something superior to him. And righteousness was put upon him. Instructions followed on how he was to continue to walk if he's going to experience the fullness of the blessing of God. Now, please bear that in mind. Now, again, let's continue where we're reading before. Revelations. We're talking about how to overcome these Satan schemes. It's important we get it. Now, people talk about overcoming by the blood. But we need to remember, it's not just by shouting the blood. It is by speaking, it's by doing certain things with it, which, first of all, we have explained, is by cleansing. Revelation chapter 12. We are cleansed by the blood. That's the first thing the blood does for us. It cleanses us. Now, for time's sake, I'm just going to jump to the verse that we want. Now, from verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down. What was he doing? The Bible says, He who accuses them before our God day and night. And they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. And they did not love their life even when faced with death. Now let me just stop reading here so as to save our time. Two important scriptures which are very related. We said it before. I just want to remind us of it again. One major power that Satan has is that of what? Accusation. We've talked about temptation. So if we want to overcome him, we resist the temptation. We go. Ignorance is a form of temptation. That is deception. It deceives people. If we walk, if we want to overcome Satan, you walk against his temptation and you go after knowledge so that you will not be a subject of deception. We have established that. All right. Now, when we fall for temptation, now remember we said sin comes in a number of categories. There are two ways we looked at sin last time. Let's just go by it again. We read from Exodus chapter 34 that God forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin. And David also told us, when we read from Psalm 19, he said, cleanse me of what? Secret faults. Errors I do not understand. Then he talked about presumptuous sins. Let your servant not fall for what? Presumptuous sins. So we saw that there are a number of types of sins. John also looking at that um, David's classification also pointed out to us that there is a sin that is unto death and a sin that is not unto death. Just to take a moment and review that. Now, what is um, a, a, an iniquity? It's just a natural tendency in people. Something that, you know, you're just hot-tempered. That's iniquity. You get my point? That's iniquity. You are spendthrift. That's iniquity. Just like food, you know? You know, gluttony is this. <laughs> That's iniquity. Just like to eat. Your mouth can't keep quiet. Anything you hear in secret, you declare in the open. It's iniquity. Everybody has his own iniquity. You understand? Some people, they are iniquity. They don't know how to say thank you. No matter what you do, they don't know how to say thank you. Everybody has a kind of... Kind. And listen... These are natural tendencies. That's what we call iniquity. Now, the emphasis again that we should bear in mind in that is that we must never excuse something because it's natural to us. That's what I want us to just bear in mind. It is this way I am does not have to remain like that. We all have our iniquities. Something that happens to us naturally. Sometimes these things come from our environment. 
You were raised up in a particular environment, but your father is a mafia boss. Are you getting my point? So the way you solve problems is to shoot people. <laughs> you didn't know it was wrong. You grew up like that. Sometimes it it's not from the environment. It's just something you don't even know where you learned it from. That's why people will be in a household. You have five boys or five girls. Two of them behave one way. Another behaves another way. Then two of them are totally strange to the rest of the world. And they were raised by the same parents. So iniquity exists. Let's just remember, we must never, ever use our natural, um, that is the fact that we say, hey, that's the way I am. It does not, that we, come, we must not use that to continue in the way we have been behaving. So that's one thing about iniquity. Then transgression is when we have what? A clear instruction. We have commandment. You understand? We have commandments. Don't do this and you do it. And then sin, of course, anything that's inferior to how God wants is done. Do you understand my point? It's coming short of God's standard. Now, what sin is unto death, just as a reminder, once you have been corrected about something and you still continue in doing it, it is a sin unto death. Death again comes in different categories. Just by the way, John said, if you see somebody committing a sin that is not unto death, you will pray for the person. And the consequences of that sin will not come upon him or her. Do you follow my point? I don't know whether we should talk about that now. Let's not, let's not sit on it. It means, therefore, that there's something, I, I learned that one mostly in marriage, you know. After I married, my wife does something that is wrong. I will just pray for her. It's important. You can pray for people. You know what they are doing is bad. So you will pray that they will not suffer the consequences. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I, used, I do that a lot. Okay? I will just, this thing, this girl doesn't understand. I will, I will bow my head and offer a word of prayer to God. And that's commanded from scriptures. The Lord expects us to do that. Now, he now said, if somebody, friends have come to you, they have corrected you, that the way you are doing, going is not good, and you harden your heart, he that is often reproved, yet hardens his heart. You know what the Bible says? He said he will be broken, that without what? Remedy. So we can't pray for him again. Even if we did, God won't listen. That was what John meant when he said, <laughs> if they are now committing a sin that is unto death, I'm not asking you to waste your time. Oh. That was what John said. And you see it. When Saul was instructed by God to go and you know, carry out the assignment of terminating the Amalekites, when he didn't do it, listen to me, people of God, God understood the Bible says he's slow to anger. He's abounding in loving kindness. That's just the way he is. He understood that that's how human beings are. He said he's mindful that we are both flesh. So he said, Samuel, let us now go and correct him. Let's remedy the situation. Go and talk to Saul. He said, today I'm very unhappy. Samuel did not sleep the whole night. First in the morning, he went to look for Saul. We know the story, so let me not belabor it. Saul refused to accept correction. I am convinced of what I'm telling you. That was when God rejected him. When he went there and did not do what he was told to do, it was a bad thing. But he said, God is good. Somebody say amen. amen. God is good. He's slow to anger. If he reacted quickly, that would break the, break the rule of him. He's being slow to anger. So he didn't react quickly. He just said, I'm very unhappy. I regret I've made this man king. Samuel now went to remedy the situation. The moment Saul refused that correction, 
he sealed his own destiny. David did worse. Except that when Nathan came with correction, it was jumping into sackcloth, ashes, repentance. They begged him to eat. He said no. He sat down there and pleaded and begged. And when his judgment for what he did came, he sat quietly and received it. Go and read what Jeremiah said in Lamentations. God put his mouth in the dust and he stayed there and received the punishment. Are you getting my point? That was how God forgave David totally. Listen, correction is what the problem is. If we are being corrected and we harden our heart, we will be destroyed. I have seen people that their friends gathered. Let's talk. I've seen it again and again. And if you are here, I'm talking to you. Did they report you to me to you, sir? Yes. Your friends gathered and reported you through the Holy Spirit. And God has put a word for you in my, in my mouth today. Listen to me. If, because I've seen this. People, your friends will gather. We look at them and say, what this guy is doing is not good. What this young woman is doing is not good. He said, let's talk to him. They will now come. Say, what you are doing is not good. The person gets angry. What I can't understand is the flare up. You see the way some of these people flare up. Listen, even if you are wrong, you understand? I have no right as a child of God to react like that. I should listen. Listen, let me give you an instruction of God. If somebody comes to you, offers you correction, just listen. What I can't understand is people who get angry. They get angry. That's what I can't understand. If you are like that, I've seen it with men, I've seen it with women. This is what God said about you. You will be destroyed without remedy. You know, you know what I've noticed about my own ministry? I don't pamper people with preaching. Don't worry, you can do it. There are things you can't do, bros. <laughs> I hope you are getting my point. I am not a motivational speaker. If you are heading for destruction, I will let you know. This is how you know you are, going for, you are heading for destruction. You are strong-headed. What if they are wrong? Hear it. You know what I used to tell my wife? Eh? I said, okay, you know me and you are not competing. We are in the same team. So if I tell you something, even if I'm wrong, you know, I'm not going to go out and brag, say, ah, Israel. Hmm. Say, uh, you know, Steve, have you heard? I argued with my wife yesterday. I won the argument. You know, they'll be looking like faster than the Christ. Are you getting my point? <laughs> they'll, they'll, be, they'll be smiling and say, okay, you try. But in their mind, now nah, I pray for this guy. He has lost it. He's coming to brag on how he won an argument against his wife. Of course, I'm not going to do that. Whatever goes on is between us. So what if you are wrong? So I've been wrong so many times. I've told my wife to do things before, and she lost money for doing it. And I'm still laughing about it till today. I said, let me lead you in that one. It will start laughing. Not a big deal. But it will be totally wrong for me to bring a word of correction to her, and she starts squaring shoulder. Your friends come to you. They tell listen. What I just want to leave with you is this. Just listen to it. Just listen. Somebody comes, your friends come, they talk to you. Least, the least you do is say thank you. Let us assume you are so sure they are wrong and you are right. Just say thank you. Say what you have said, I will think about it. You have no right to get angry. Let me just say something. People are saying the same thing about you behind your back and not telling you. So the ones who have come to... Look, faithful are the wounds of a friend. 
So when a friend corrects you, it's a wound. But that one is good. Open rebuke, the Bible says, is better than hidden love. Huh? Well, let me say this to you. People will be destroyed in life. The Bible says, he that is often rebuked and hardens his heart, that one will be destroyed without remedy. Let me just say something again. God is slow to anger, but eventually he gets there. And there are, oh God, this is waiting. What I'm about to say, this is waiting. There are decisions that God will make. It will become irreversible. I say this thing to help. I'm not here to discourage your faith, but I want you to be fear. I want you to be afraid. Don't worry about God. God doesn't want to love and fear. God does not want you to live in fear of hunger. He does not want you to live in fear of poverty. He does not want you to live in fear of death. He doesn't want you to live in fear of serpents, scorpions. But there's what is called the Lord being your dread. Jesus was ahead in that he what? He feared. One thing I used to tell my wife, I'm saying this for women so you can hear. I said, if I talk to you and you don't hear, you know you are gone. Because who else will talk to you? Are you getting my point? I am your prophet. Even if you think you are right, your prophet can't be talking to you and you think he doesn't know what he's saying. Later on, this year, God helping us. I want to gather married people. And those who are about to marry, not those who are believing God for husband or wife, who are about to. I say, I'm believing God. I'm, uh, I meet I'm believing God that uh, you marry. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about wedding date is, you know, one month away. If he's six, if, if you see Chris there, just drive him. Just throw Chris out of the window. Oh, do you have date for me? You don't. So just uh, throw him, fling him from upstairs, you know. So I won't come back. The Lord is good. <laughs> no, really. I, 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 I need to talk to people. There are many things, all right? I only do this before, but I think the Lord wanted me to wait until I learned some lessons over the last few weeks, and now I feel like everything is complete. We can start sharing. One of the things I'm going to tell ladies is, <laughs> there is a prophetic unction inside the house. Men too. You're a prophet. You're not. A husband is not a boyfriend. A husband is not a fiance. You know, like uh, is, is it fiance or fiance? Anyway, the guy wants to marry you. Whatever you call it, fiance or fiance. Whatever. That's not a husband. A boyfriend who's sending you recharge card and buying you, wasting his money buying rose, you know, those kind of things, you know. <laughs> African men are not supposed to buy rose. What's wrong with you? <laughs> buy gold, amen? amen. Thank you. We <laughs> <laughs> buy flowers. What do you think you are? African women don't have time for this, your flower thing. We live in the bush. What are we doing with flowers? <laughs> So your husband is not the guy who's chasing you, who wants to marry. He's not your boyfriend. He's an anointed man that God has kept in your life. Anointed. He has a prophetic unction on his head. He's a prophet, he's a priest, he's a king. You have a duty, both of you, both the man, the man must recognize it. The woman must also activate it. We'll talk about it later. It's the way you activate it. You deliberately. It's faith. Spiritual gifts are activated. Both the person that is receiving it and the person that is operating it must activate it. The, the receiver has a duty. Jesus came with anointing. He couldn't bless people. He was anointed. Fully anointed. Timothy was anointed. He couldn't bless people. 
Why? He was afraid. He was shy. Jesus, the, the case of Jesus, he wasn't shy. He was bold. He knew what to do. But because of unbelief, people could not receive it. They say, is this not Joseph's son? Mary's boy. This carpenter that made our bed. They despised his gift. Many women, that's what they do. They close up the husband's anointing. As I have told you, stop calling your husband by the first name regularly. It's not good. Okay, Mute, come. This boy wants to eat. And it's your prophet you are calling like that. Can you call me like that? <laughs> I'm not even your husband. Yet you can't talk to me like that. You, there's a respect with which you address me. And I'm not your husband. Pastor Van, good afternoon, sir. That's how you talk to me. You want to talk to me? I'm not your husband. Yet, Pastor Banky, good afternoon, sir. How are you doing, sir? And it's your husband. Chris, please first that what I'm in a hurry. <laughs> and you are wondering why you can't prophesy. <laughs> if you come here, I'm coming, say, hey, Banky, I was working today. I can't teach you. I will not teach you. You have no regard for me. But even if I have, even if I, okay, do you know I wasn't feeling well today? That's why you saw me sitting down there, my legs crossed, praying for grace to come up and teach. You want your husband to prophesy? Treat him like a prophet. You treat him like a prophet, he will prophesy. He has the grace, the anointing. You just have the responsibility to tickle it, to kindle it, to activate it. Both parties have something to do. The man has his duty. Timothy, they lay hands on him. When they anointed to prophesy, I will come upon him. He said, I'm too young. Paul had to write him. Stir up the gift that is in you. Stir it up. He said, mm. if I say thus is the Lord, they will say, I'm only 18 years old. What do I know about the Lord? He's saying thus. Paul had to write him, don't let your wife despise your youth. He didn't say, I know it was not his wife, I know. But you know where I'm going. So Timothy has a responsibility. Anointed, he had a responsibility. But those receiving the anointing also, when Jesus came, they had the responsibility to believe. Talking about correction. Never despise the word of a prophet. When Saul did, it ended his dynasty. I hope you are getting my point here. Our emphasis on correction anyway. Let's not sit on that. We must have an, a heart open to receive correction. There are things you hear. It's painful. You know why it's painful? I'll tell you. Englishman said truth is bitter. Doesn't mean because it is wrong. It's just because truth as a habit is bitter. All I just want to leave with you there is this. When you are corrected, just hear it. Pray with it. Every man's way is right in his own eyes. The fact that you think you are right means you are one of those people in this life. Nothing special. The Lord is good. So let's continue teaching. So you see, that's when sin becomes a sin unto death. When we have been rebuked and yet we do not accept correction and we persist in our ways. That's the sin that's unto death. That is a presumptuous sin that nothing will happen. After this, we'll go and say, Lord, we are sorry. Please, let's bear it in mind. Okay? Now, let's back to, where we're, back to where we're reading. So, you see, now, righteousness, it came to Joshua, not because of his labor, but what? 
as a gift of God. And that's how our righteousness is as believers in Christ Jesus. We have been justified by faith. To be justified means to be set forth as righteous. We have been justified by faith. So in the same manner, just like Joshua here, our filthy garments, our own works, our sins, these things have been removed because of our faith in Christ Jesus. Now let's look at Satan again, overcoming his schemes. Please remember, what Satan comes to do is what? Accuse. What he comes to do is accuse. And two things. Number one, he came here accusing. The Lord rebuked him. I like that New Living Translation. I'm not listening to you. And why? Let me tell you. It is because the blood has been shed for the forgiveness of our sins. We now have a responsibility to continue walking according to the garment we have on. We make sure we are continually renewing ourselves. Please don't forget it. The only power Satan has here after, um, uh, after temptation or around deception is accusation. So we took time out last time to explain that we have a duty to walk so that he can't accuse. Like we're praying at the beginning, you know, like, you know, you know, like Pastor Kimte was saying earlier. He said, we'll confess our sins one to another. Of course, that's what James said. Confess your faults one to another. If you notice what he said, faults. I mean, there are times you just tell, look, just, there are different ways. There are different dimensions to it. Sometimes you just tell your friend, you know, my problem is that I worry too much. Every time I'm planning, everything is about what will tomorrow be like. It does not fit what we have been learning. That's one way. Then that can generate discussion. How do you think I should go over, overcome this? That's one level, all right? But confession of our sins, of course, to God. Acknowledge your iniquity. This is how we apply the blood, not shouting the blood. We talked about that last time. Are you getting my point here? So you see, Joshua, Satan stood to accuse him. It was because of the garment he was wearing. You see, one thing about scriptural narrative is that sometimes you have to be careful to read it. Those things are going side by side. When God was saying, I'm not listening to you, is the same voice as Satan was saying, and the Lord was replying, I will not listen to you. The Lord rebuked thee. That same voice was removing the garment on Joshua. It was not as if God stood there and Joshua was wearing his garment and said, I won't listen. He doesn't behave like that. That's unjust. He had his garment removed. As God was saying, I'm not listening to you. What he was saying is that you can't hold this man. I'm removing his garment. Why am I removing his garment? His faith is in Christ Jesus. Why am I removing his garment? He has given his life to Christ. His sins have been washed. Why am I removing his garment? He's confessing his sins daily. Every day, his sins are being confessed. There are errors. We said something last time. What, one of the, remember this, I just need to repeat it. One of the reasons why the Holy Spirit has to bring our errors, our secret faults to our, us, is that even though we don't know, the servant that does not know what to do and therefore doesn't do it, we still be beaten with few stripes. So our ignorance is not the excuse. It's not an acceptable excuse. So that God will not pour a blessing upon it. No, he won't pour a blessing. The best he can do is to overlook. But there is a blessing attached to certain things you will never get. You love the Lord, will not give it to you. What the Lord, the love of God in your heart gives to you is correction. I always give you as an example. David loves the Lord. David loved the Lord seriously. David loved the Lord more than most men that ever lived. Yet, the joy of a wife he never had. The joy of a good family he never had it. And he loved the Lord. 
And the Lord loved him back. Because there is a joy that comes with the two shall become one. Producing godly seed. Which David did not understand. So he was marrying many women. So much that his first six sons were born by six different women. So that even though God just overlooked it, he was not blessed. So that's why it was a secret fault. It was an error he didn't understand. In our generation, we have to learn what is right because there is something that God wants to bring into this life that if we don't learn what is right, we cannot experience. You are getting the point here. So God continually brings that thing to us. So we must every day seek. You know, Satan, let's not, ah, let's not give him any advantage in our lives. I heard something today which it pained me just before I came up. I was talking to one brother. He said, there's a man, he grew up in an Orthodox church. He said, but this guy is close to being an atheist. He said, when he was speaking, he and his wife could not answer. He said that one of the things that pains him the most, that worry, that, that confuses him, he now said this, especially among these so-called pastors. They, work, they all work in a place, all were very well paid, an oil company. He said, yet, now listen to this, a man who hardly believes in God, just follows religion because he was born there. He said that yet, I'm tired of hearing their complaints. Did you hear what I said? He said, I'm tired of hearing their complaints that what the country has not done for them. He said, if people like this are complaining, what do they expect people in villages to do? And he said, especially amongst these pastors. Like we say in Bini, Hashem catch me. Whining and grumbling and complaining. Then allowing, now this is, this is what I'm going Allowing Satan access into their lives. Thanksgiving is a commandment for us believers. Though. You must work in thanks. That is, wake up in the morning, count two, 20 things. And give a lot of thanks. Why am I talking about that? This is the will of God concerning your thanksgiving. If you don't do it, Satan is working in your life. You can't rebuke him. You must understand. This Satan, I rebuke you. Satan is not listening. He can't listen. So every day we strive to remove those extra things, you know, places that in our lives I can hold on to. Let's strive to deny that to him. The other day I was reading about, I saw some insects in my house. I never knew much about it, but they just decided to harass me. So I went online. Every site I got to, to talk about how to eradicate them, they kept emphasizing that these insects are just a nuisance. They really don't cause any problems. But that's how difficult they are to eradicate. That if you use insecticide, that one I explained before, insecticide doesn't work on them. And they explained the reason why, because of the way their body is. All the droplets will just suspend on the hair, hair on their body. So you draw after a while, they continue management. But they emphasize something, that you have to go after their breeding site. Half of the instructions given was how to remove where they breed. They said, look, they breed inside the drains and this and this is how, that is, you have to, they describe what they feed on. That that is the only way to permanently remove them. What am I saying? That's the same thing with Satan. Flesh, sin, that is how, where he stays. You know, the other day I was thinking there are some things we were expecting, both personally and the ministry, and they were not, they are not moving. I just went to go and pray. I, you know, there are things, there are prayers I have not prayed. Ever. Maybe for, I can't remember. Satan, you are holding my good in the name of Jesus, you will release. I keep on wondering, how can Satan hold my goods? With which hands? 
with which spirit? I mean, is it this small, small demons he wants to use? He can't. So my prayer, I just kept on praying, Lord, what is the issue? Is there something we are missing? And after praying and praying, I felt I have my answer. I said, okay, Lord, I get the point, so we move in this direction. What I'm trying to say, we keep rearranging, denying Satan his breathing sight. He breathes in disobedience. He breathes on walk in the flesh. Look, that's what you need to focus on. No matter how clean you think you are, settle down and pray. Say, Lord, why is there hindrance here? No matter how good you think you are, settle down and pray. No, Satan, this year, please leave this guy. Abraham lived without knowing he existed. You read through the whole, from Genesis down to Malachi. It's a name that you can count on one hand the number of times it showed up. Okay, on maybe two hands. Hardly discussed. Hardly. Sometimes you have to read in between the lines. It's only places like this one we read now, Zechariah. You see it. You see him in Genesis chapter 1. You know, anyway, in the early chapters of Genesis. You see him mentioned a few times. After that, they forget about him. Everything is always about disobedience. The errors of the priests. The lies of the prophets. It's always things like that. People doing, doing, doing no harm to the law. Not obeying. Satan was never a focus. Those people teaching me how to, you know, those web pages, teaching me how to eradicate the insect, they kept on saying, you go for the breeding sites. Go for the breeding sites. This is how you clean up. That once you do that, they go away. That's how we handle Satan too. We go for his breeding sites. Where he can have, no, the places where he can hold us with accusations. I wanted to go into, you know, you know, you know there are two sides to this blood thing, right? This is the first side we are, look, we are still looking at. I'm just reviewing it. But, you know, I just feel like emphasizing it again. That issue, let me go back the one we talked about before, that issue of the flesh, that issue of thorns in the heart that will not let the word produce. It's a prayer you must pray again. I know we prayed about it a few you know, meetings ago, but we have to go there again. Anything that's locking inside the heart, that's causing the word not to produce in your life, that's to be removed. Oh, my father, those things are strong. You know, as you grow older in life, you start realizing that scriptures, everything inside is so true. Everything is correct. Jesus told us the parable of the sower. The sower went forth to sow. Some fell by the wayside. As we were preaching on campus, they were doing party. They didn't listen. They didn't understand at all. They never gave their lives to Christ. He said, but some, when the evangelists came that night, after they saw somebody healed, demons cast out, they rushed out and gave their lives to Christ. They, their friends laughed at them for one week. They were back. They were back parting into the cult. They were back. He said those ones sprang up quickly, but because there was no depth of earth, what happened? They withered. He said, but there are these ones, they got born again. They went to fellowship. They carried the Bible on their heads. Their friends laughed at them. It made no difference. Men and women. People mock them. Look at you looking like Mary Amaka. They didn't care. You are a Jew man. They didn't bother. They preached the gospel from room to room. They went for rural evangelism. They left school, went for NYC. Rural rugged was their portion. The word, look, that word, it went deep. Sank its roots. Grew. 
temptation couldn't take it. But it was now time for it to bear fruit. Then I started seeing Christians those days that you knew. They start making decisions. Literally, there are some people I think and I say, is their head correct? After a while, you cannot distinguish. You look back 20 years ago. Look at the same people today. You look at yourself today. Let's not point fingers. What is the difference between me and the unbeliever? I just mentioned just now about a man complaining that how can people even claim to be pastors? They are grumblers. Some of them, you look back. You say you were a Christian since you were in school. You left school 22 years ago. What is the difference between you and the unbeliever now? Some are even into all kinds, especially when it comes to money. They are into all kinds of practices. Some are even living in adultery. Jesus said, you know what? It was when it was time for the world to bear fruit. There was something inside. All the while, the, earth, the land was good, no problem. They sank their roots deep, no trouble. He said, but to bear forth fruit now, something else grew up. The thorns. As the word was being planted, the thorns were residing inside there. Please, I want us to go over it again. Don't ever forget. The fact that light came did not drive out the darkness. Darkness goes to hide. We used to say that once light comes, darkness disappears. It's half true. Where does it disappear to? Is a question. It goes to hide. It leaves the surface. It, leaves, it goes down below. It's planted. It's deep inside there. But we think it's not there. Because when the young man was in school, you didn't find him joining cults. You didn't find him chasing girls on campus. You found him in fellowship. You found him going from room to room in evangelism. Where did you find her? Amongst the sisters. Singing praise. Worship. Worship leader. You understand? Departing from all the iniquity around. Now, bear fruit now. That thing that was hidden suddenly began to grow. So they cho- Listen, Jesus made it clear. It's so powerful. It chose the word and the word is unfruitful. I can say this from experience. When you notice it's decision making time. People that you have thought that, ah, they would have sold themselves out to the gospel like Paul. They become demas. Do you follow my point? You thought they followed Abraham. They become Lot. Go somewhere. Say, nah, I like the land in, Lot, in Sodom. Gomorrah is a nice place. There's immorality, but just know how to seclude yourself. But make decision now is Sodom. It's Sodom. 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 It's what everybody's looking for. Are you wondering? Are you not with Abraham? No, no. My name is Lot. I'm looking for where it is good. What about the gospel? What about the purpose of your life? Plus, if you have money, and you are looking, what happened to you? It used to worry me until I realized that what Jesus said is that, thank the roots, deep inside, thorns were planted. When light came, it was not deliberately used to address the thorns. We just neglected it. After a while, we redressed the tons and began to promote tonship. That English good? We love money, so we re-engineered the gospel so that prosperity is a sign of divine blessing. Every message is not targeted. Ministry is starting where it is rich 
I was talking to one brother last week here, just exactly a week ago. He went to one, let me not mention, one of our state capitals around to start a church. Say when he arrived, one of the biggest ministers in town called him. Say he doesn't know how the man got his number. Say, hey, they sent you here, right? Say, I hope you know there's no money here. That was a welcome from a senior minister, an old prophet. I hope you know what that means. So you know there's no money here. There's no money here. Thorns will start growing up and choking the word. The word can't be a fruit. When I say Satan, it's not Satan. Satan doesn't have power. I've, that's, I've, that's, I, the more I read my scriptures, the more I'm persuaded. As I grow in life, as I observe life, I realize that the problem is always us. It's always us. It's we. We don't take time out to take the word and uproot the thorns. So on the surface, we look like we are fighting the devil, but the devil is deep inside, hiding, waiting for what the Bible calls an opportune time. People of God, that's one thing we must fight. My plan today before was to just go and talk about the second side, about, you know, how the blood speaks on our behalf. But I think we should still settle on this one of cleansing. Look, this cleansing must be done. The glory of God is automatic. Let me say this again to you. I want to lead you in prayer, eh? Both now and then when you get home, continue it. If you think there is stagnation anywhere in your life, just assume you are the problem. You know why? Because you are. Recognize it. Say, what is my, what problem am I? Go and pray. I don't know too. I don't know too. The problem with us is that when we say things like this, we start talking like Job. I'm the problem. Whose wife did I collect? I'm the problem. This is my business I've been doing. Who did I defraud? I'm the problem. Whatever, whatever, whatever. You know, we start looking for the clear, obvious sins, transgressions. Those transgressions, we are so f- focused on them. And when we don't find those things, we turn around and say, the problem must be the economy. It must be the head of state. It's the headsman. Is Elza exactly? We find people don't like me. You know, you know that's the problem here. People don't help people. They don't help people. That's why I'm having. They, they do. We don't help people. <laughs> Who didn't help you, my uncle? One day, Bishop and I went went to EDC. The one, the one day, well, we need to just settle some things. Anyway, the customer service manager. He has so many people, so we sat in the service for a while, hearing all kinds of gist. One man, they say he has not paid bill in months. They came to disconnect him. He came to beg that they should reconnect him. So the man pulled out his records and said, oh boy, you have not given us anything. He said, tell stories. His wife was sick. He was sick. Then his son became ill. Then the story was unending. I began to look at him with suspicion. Now anybody can have problems. You see where I'm going. The next thing he did, he turned to Bishop during one interlude. That he helped his nephew, was he his niece, go abroad. Till now, that one has not helped him. <laughs> Instantly, we diagnose his problem. The, the power people are saying, just pay us more money. You know, if you know the way they behave, just deposit something, they will reconnect you. Then this fight will continue next month. You know the way they do. <laughs> but at least for the next one month, you will be at ease. He was, just the man said, okay, what have you brought? No, they should just come and connect him first. I was like, you're not serious. <laughs> so he turned to Bishop and said, can you imagine? Was he a niece or nephew? 
niece. He said he helped his niece go abroad. And until now, the young woman has not remembered him and has not helped him. <laughs> Me and we just are laughing to ourselves. See, as long as you are waiting for your niece, your life will not move anywhere. Now, what am I going to say here? Listen, it's important we never, ever allow that thing to stay on our hearts. If it comes, reject it. That's how we resist Satan. Satan doesn't come to steal your goods like that. He comes to tell you the reason why you are not making progress is that your uncle is not grateful to what your father did for their, for their family. See? He's not a customs man. Why can't he help you good clearing? You forget that those who, none of the relatives ever went near customs, they are doing business and they are successful. There are those who think they should collect bank loan just because they, they are, the bank manager is their cousin. And is, 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 is my father that paid for him till he got that his second class upper from UNN. So he's not a bank manager. For that reason, you should get a loan. So that everything your father paid for will be wasted. Can't manage money, you know. You are, not, you are applying for a loan for 20 million naira. Because your father paid for that guy to become a bank manager. He will give it to you. Now, of course, you know what you will do now. You go and buy land. You're supposed to start a cassava milling plant. Money, no, they stay for hand. That's your second name. Listen, I'm sorry. But this is how some people, every time, they have somebody to blame. Let me give you the word of God. Any Christian that wants to move forward, one of the first things you learn is to remove blame from anybody around you. You are, look, you are the problem. Nobody else is the problem. Now you. Please say, say, it's me. Banky. No, somebody says you. It's not me. <laughs> I am saying my me for myself. Your own you is for you. Are you getting my point? Everybody say, it is me. <laughs> it is me. I am, honestly, I am my own problem. Satan is not my problem. My wife is not my problem. My wife is her own problem. Are you, are you, are you getting my point? Even though we are married, yes. She's not my problem. If I'm unhappy, I'm the reason. She may have been the one that started annoying me. But I'm the reason. I am the reason. The other day my wife was telling, you know, just comparing two of my kids. Interesting scenario. That she would do the same thing to two children. And they will react two different ways. Tell one, you can't have that. He will bend his face. Tell that one, you can't have that. The same thing. That one will look and say, mommy now, I love you. <laughs> You love me. I'm saying, start singing for his mother. So now, who is the cause of the unhappiness now? Are are you getting my point? So who do you now want to blame? Because the same person reacted to two different people. So my wife is not my problem. Nigeria is not your problem. I hope you know that. When I shout, making us something I laugh, I say, just go to this America. You will get there. Poverty is a spirit. Okay, now, no. Poverty is a spirit. I'm telling you, it walks on water. It doesn't go to embassy to collect visa. Look, he follows people in their hearts, in their spirits. Better be poor when you have friends. You don't want to be poor when you have friends. There will be food. 
Can't come to Kimuti's house. He said, just, uh, just target him. 7.39. At that time, he job. He said, ah, pastor, pastor, how now? You're going to be poor when you don't know anybody. You will sleep on the park, that is bench, in the park. Many of your friends who I have not seen in a long time, they are not busy. They can't afford the flight ticket. They cannot come house again. Bros, buy him ticket. You'll see him tomorrow. Nigeria is not your problem. It's not. It's not. Your problem is you. So when you want to pray, that's where I'm going. Kneel down and say, Lord, what is the problem with me? The answers come in diverse ways. Sometimes there is patience. You want to, you set your, your other people as the yastic. So you are not, you are in a hurry. You are in a hurry. Sometimes he says, look, I know, remember Job? I know you have done everything right the way you know it. Are you getting my point? The way you know it. But there is something you don't know. It's called secret fault. It's called errors you don't understand. That is what I want to address. The beautiful thing, I like one thing that Moses said to Israel. He said, which nation of all these nations have a God that's so close? That thing is so beautiful. When God gave them their laws, it was detailed. He even told them, if you see the animal of your neighbor, your enemy, he falls into a ditch, bring him out, tie him somewhere. Don't greet your neighbor, just go. I'm not saying he should be his friend, though. But you must not let that animal die under a heavy load. He fell under a load. Relieve him of the load. Just put it down. Tie the animal there for him. And you walk away. Don't greet him. God was that detailed about their lives. Told them how to help the needy, the poor, the priests. He told them. So Moses said, which nation has a God that's so close? Whose laws are so fair? I hope I get my point here. Now, this is adaptation for us. We have a father and a lord that is so close. The Holy Spirit is there. So if you pray the prayer I have described now, say, Lord, what is the problem? You know what? He's so close. He's alive. He will point to you. This is where the issue is. There are people that God says, you know what is holding you down? You are angry. Angry with you. Say, go and lie down and pray. Spend the whole night thinking about it. You will see, those, those negative things are seeds inside the heart. You don't know they are there, but they are growing and doing what? Choking the word. The word is supposed to produce, you have declared it, you have believed it, you have walked in all the, the opposite of transgression. Obedience to everything that you know. But the thing is there. Those deep things, they grow up, they choke the release of divine power. They choke the release of abundance. They choke the release of promotion. They choke the release of breakthrough. They choke break, you know, a breaking free from addictions. They choke it. They choke it. So God now says, listen, that's it. There are people that God says, listen, it's just stop. You have, you have been angry with your father for a long time because it's the reason why your family did not do well. Oh, very common. But you, you are still angry. In secondary school, your friends did this, they had this. But your father went and took one job that they, they didn't promote him. Your mother harassed him to resign, to resign, to resign. He did not listen. So people suffered. There are women that if their daughter brings a man home, wants to marry, looks like the girl's father. Listen. Mrs. A is the wife of Mr. A. Miss A, their daughter, 
know, brings Brother B home, she wants to marry. And the mother sees a similarity between Brother B and Mr. A. Her spirit suddenly wake up and be speaking in tongues. Hey, Christ, I know my spirit, after praying, my spirit says that man is not right. Mommy, what is wrong with him? It's my spirit. This my spirit says things. So. It's my spirit. Read my book, um, Guided by the Spirit. I explained it there. People, she's right, it's her spirit. But what you just don't know is not the spirit of Christ in her. It's the spirit of anger with this man that made me suffer like this. And this guy now looks, looks remotely like, un- the only similarity is the, maybe the shape of their nose. Her husband is t- short, this man is tall, her husband is fair, this guy is dark, but that nose, she remembers that nose. <laughs> that nose. This girl will talk tire. The mama no go here. Be hindering progress in the life of her children, her daughters, simply because she's angry with their father. Now, what am I preaching? Those things don't speak. Oh. They are what? Tons. Deep. They are there. Deep. Do you know unconsciously there are people that you know why they're not making progress? Their parents are well-to-do. And they don't know they are struggling, you think. But they are waiting for the man to die and read his will so that they can read his will. It sounds funny. But there are people like that. Now, what am I emphasizing? They don't even realize. They are not, they are not consciously thinking about it. But something deep in them says it's secure. My father has these four houses in Ekoi. You understand? He has this row of shops in Onicha. In Enugu, hmm, two blocks of flats in a actual layout. I know. So unconsciously, the man must die one day. Those are the people that will fight their siblings. You won't know where did this anger come from. Because deep inside them, they've been relying on... They, see, this is the point. They never said it all. They did not consciously work with it. But just a seed deep inside. And God says it has to be cured. And many times God leaves our setbacks in life as something to make us ask questions. Yes. Listen, this man, I'm, young man I'm telling you about, it is, you won't realize it. This is a spiritual things. It is the reason he applies for a job and he doesn't get it. You can't tie it physically speaking. That dependence upon this property that his father acquired waiting for when the man will send it over to him, is there. And with that, he will apply for a job. And the spirit, when they pick up his application, something will be wrong. He will make terrible mistakes that will make the interviewer distrust him. He will start a business, he will miscalculate. You know what he will say? And what all the prophets on television that you see, what they will tell him? Somebody does not want you to progress. You know what they say? I see a cloud around you. I see two women cooking in a pot, and the smoke is forming a black cloud around you. Who are those two women? Do you have aunties? Who doesn't have aunties? This is Africa. You must have aunties. Even if your father is an only son, and your mother is an only daughter, they have cousins. And in Africa, they are our aunties. You are getting my point. Do not describe it. Does the fellow have a spirit around him? Yes. But that prophet is blind. Does not know that that thing is inside him. It's just that reliance on, a mati- on the material wealth of his father. God says no. That thing has been frustrating his job attempts. 
frustrating his ability to do business. So he goes to pray. And then one day God reveals it to him through different ways. And you know what you do? It's simple. Just say, Lord, I'm sorry. Oh, I always relied on this. Henceforth, I refuse to rely on it. And God will test you. You hear your father sold one of his houses. These are some young men, they are angry. My father is selling houses. A young man came to me once, went to do a program in the way. He said, Pastor, you need to talk to me. Otherwise, I'm going to do something terrible. What is the terrible thing you are going to do? You know what he said? My father is not behaving like a father at all. Just thinking. And look, you know, you see an adult. This guy was in his early 30s, like 32, if I remember. Your father is not behaving like a father. What is a father supposed to do? He said he's selling land. I said, whose land is it? It's his own. <laughs> Hello, how is it your business? You can imagine. He had calculated that this old man wants to sell everything before he goes, leaving nothing for him. I, you know, what I told him that day, I never heard it before. I said, did you go to school? He said, yes. Who paid? said, my father. I said, very good. Do you work? Yes. What do you do? He said, I'm a farmer. What do you farm? He said, poultry. I said, very good. I said, listen, my friend, your father doesn't owe you anything. All the land he has is his own. He doesn't have to leave it for you. I said, if he sells the land, takes the money, shreds it into the toilet, and flushes it while you watch, you are supposed to laugh. Just leave the man alone. What is your duty to the man? I said, this is what you are supposed to do. I said, you farm? You have a poultry? He said, yes. I said, every Friday, take a half dozen eggs, stop by, and drop it for him. Once in a while, take one of your old layers, dress it, and drop for him. I said, emotion paint is not expensive. Hire one small boy, buy a few buckets, repaint his house. So that is all God requires you to do for the man. You know, there are things you know some people, some people have never heard. I said to him, go and do it, and God will bless you. These are the reasons bird flu kills some people's chicken. <laughs> That's the reason. And they don't know. Bird flu will come, and they can't tie it. When the word is supposed to produce, it chokes. And start blaming Satan. There are women, oh God, listen, let me just beg you. Don't let your mother poison your destiny. Yes, I feel like saying that to some people here. Don't let your mother poison your destiny. She has spoken so much evil about your father. Sown, listen, sown seeds in your heart. This is a point. It is not affecting your behavior. That's why you don't realize. And it's not overtly. It's not. It's not overtly affecting your behavior. But it's a spiritual seed. You must deliberately go after it, uproot it, and throw it away. Next time she brings up the matter of your father. Just say, mommy, forgive him. I have forgiven him. Oh. Which month are we in now? This is end of October. So Christmas is closed. That's the time I recommend to people to act on forgiveness. You are planning to buy a car this year. You don't need it yet. You know, your father is going to die soon. So you don't have time. You buy a car later. You don't know he's going to die. I'm the one that knows. Before he dies, make sure he blesses you. Forgive. That is, forgive. Just forgive him entirely. 
Just go and meet him. How are you doing, daddy? Bring gifts. Literally bring the fattest goat you can find in the market. Drag it there life. Don't bring the rope with money. Bring the real thing. Buy him clothes. Do everything. If you are married, good. Go with your wife, your husband. Go with your children. If the house is big enough, stay there two nights. Cook for him. Let him wonder what happened. And if he asks you what happened, tell him. So that they realize I've been angry with you for 15 years. And where would this anger carry me to? I came to tell you I'm sorry. But what did you do against me? Nothing. That is, you don't think so. But I'm sorry for bearing anger in my heart. Satan will hold funeral service that day in his family. Satan will call the demons and start crying. We have lost. We have lost. I'm serious. They will mourn the whole night as you have been set free from the tongues that's choking your progress in life. People don't know what where Satan holds it. Satan, you will not. What? Remember my flies? Those are my insects. What we are going for? What? The breeding site. My emphasis is that these stones, they don't speak out loud. But they actually work in small areas, critical decisions. Maybe somebody, you are driving past your hometown and say, ah, this is where you are from. Ah, let's stop and see your father now. For what? You know, you just do, for what? That is powerful accusation when Satan goes before the judgment throne. Look at you, you just did left hand towards your father's house and said, for what? You know what? You don't notice. You drop the hand and your friend keeps on driving. <laughs> These are the thorns. Listen, let me end it here. You will pray and ask the Lord. In any area you feel stagnated, say, Lord, I know it's me. I know it's me. It's not them. It's not him. It's not her. It's not the nation. It's not the economy. Do you know if enough of us understand this, we will cause the economy to, re- you know, to revamp. You know, we are the economy. Let me just put it like that. We will pour a spiritual force into the air. Let me say this. Wives, please, don't be angry with your husbands. You know these husbands, they don't run you mental. Nobody else can. You know that. God has given a husband the power to drive a woman crazy. One woman, the other day, I was reading her trial in Lagos. Killed her husband, cut him to pieces, and slept beside the body. I said, this, guy, this woman must have been crazed by this man. That is, this man has that is, killed the man. I think he was sleeping, she took a knife. Stabbed him to death in Lagos. You know, stabbed him well. And he died completely. And guess what? And she lay down and slept. That's the one I realized this is real madness. Because no matter when you do such things, you will wake up and run. Then police will find you after three days. This one, she lay down there and slept. As if that thing is not blood, it's sweat. Wives in the house, I know your husband is a madness spirit. <laughs> But what will you do now? You will forgive him. I hope you are getting my point. Yeah, you have to. You have to. You just have to do. Look, this is what prayer is for for us. That's what prayer is for for us. I just feel like saying that. One of the things I realized that I used to annoy women a lot. There are men who do bad things. You know, they womanize. They do stuff like that. No, that's, listen, that's bad. Somebody say amen. That's horrible. The Christian is supposed to be what? A man of one woman. Not husband of one wife. Because you can have one wife, two concubines. Those days they used to even have what they call temple prostitute. Yes, they used to have. 
That was why Paul emphasized that a deacon must be an example. It's not as if only deacons are supposed to have one wife. No. A deacon must be an example in that he must be what? A man of one woman. So some men do that, okay? And it's wrong. But I found out one major reason a lot of wives are angry with their husbands is that they are broke. Do you understand? Yes. They're just angry. Why are they angry with him? He's the only one that's there to be angry with. Especially since you remember that it was when he married them, married this woman, impregnated her, she delivered two children, she can't go anywhere again. I used to tell my wife that she didn't marry me. My wife by now will have been in at least 40 different countries. You know, some people will just, their legs designed for, you know, moving. I used to tell my wife that God pitied you, say marry me. Because if he didn't do it, this work up and you'll fall inside one bridge. Bam. Say what? No, that's what I think. Because my wife has energy. You know what I'm talking about? Not, not data woman. She get energy. Data women have energy. Now, you know where I'm going? So you now married him. He now didn't let you go anywhere. He now kept you there. People are now broke. That's what we're talking about. It's not the lack of worker, it's the broken. Because you know if you didn't marry this guy, you didn't move now. <laughs> By now, if you don't import, like this, you and Dangote will know each other because you are importing cement, you are making your own cement. But this guy said, stay here. So they wake up in the morning and say, let us pray. You join her in, the, in her heart, fall down and die. Let's rise to our feet. Listen to me. That anger is crippling his ability to succeed. I'm telling you the truth. It's crippling it. It's crippling it. It's crippling it. Listen to me. You are blessed, too. Yes, I'm, I'm talking to those women. I'm talking to those women. Really, the truth is that you are blessed. The truth is that you are blessed. God gave him to you. There's a reason. There's a reason. Satan is trying to take that blessing away. That's why he keeps promoting the anger. Stay in the bathroom. And be meditating. That is, that's where Satan stays. I don't know about you in my house. That's where Satan hangs. It's my bathroom. I don't know why. I don't know why. You say, Satan is your bathroom. Satan cannot be driven. Let me just tell you. The only thing a man of God doesn't come. It, go, it goes to see God. Books are appointments. So how much more are you? How much less are you? Who are you? You know it goes to see God. Didn't you hear that he stood before the angel of the Lord? I don't know, sit and hangs around my bathroom. Those days. He tried to move with me when we move, but I think. <laughs> okay, should I tell you why I know? When I'm angry with my wife, that is where I sit down to accuse her. I want to bathe. I want to brush. You will see two brush in my hand like this. And I want to, 10 minutes has gone. The toothpaste has dried. I'm still thinking. Why won't she listen? I'm the prophet in this house. The man of God. If you don't listen to me, who will you listen to? Don't mind that. These, 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 these women that think they have sense. Brush now. You won't brush. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking now. I notice that. They, sometimes I look. I'm serious. The brush go down. The notice bag go down. They drive on top. Accusing. Sometimes in my spirit, I'll say, Banky, you are listening to Satan. I say, but it's true now. 
After everything I've said, but I've learned to. Ah, we have to learn to. It's an accuser. Accusation. Everybody, well, if your life is like mine, you will know where Satan comes to talk to you. I don't want you are breastfeeding. Maybe he's sucking away, you are thinking away. Useless man. <laughs> How do you resist such Satan? Should I tell you? It is written. That's, that's what God gave to me. I love my wife as Christ loves the church. There's no other explanation. I don't explain away all the annoying things that's coming to my mind. I don't. I might be a very good wife, I hope you know. But she's not a perfect woman. Neither am I a perfect man. And that's why Satan will come once in a while. I want to lie. Satan's lies are facts. I hope you're getting my point. Did you hear what I said? Let me give an example. You will not surely die. Did they die? They didn't die. You will be like God. Were they like God? Yes, they were. God said the man has become like one of us. Satan's lies are facts. But they are still lies. Oh, they are still lies. It's when he injects disobedience, you know, it's a lie. When facts want to explain to you, in Nigeria, if you don't give a bribe, things are hard. It's fact. I hope you're getting my point here. So sometimes you want, and then, of course, you will now use facts to lie. That is, okay, back to that wife matter, wife-husband matter. By the time he's done with you, about your husband, you will believe all kinds of wrong things about him. Are you getting my point? So that's why I learned not to argue with facts with Satan. Jesus did not. All Jesus did was what? It is written. So one of the things I, le- I used to learn, I, I learned to drive that Satan out of my bathroom. It doesn't come again. Really, thinking about it now, the guy has not come in a long time. Let me tell you how Satan works. He increases the length, the interval. Even before he was coming every 10 minutes. When you resist him, he starts coming every one hour. If you resist him again, he starts coming every day. Resist him again, he changes it to every month, then every year, until you hardly see him. But even then, don't relax. Asa did not see him for 35 years. 35 years, Asa didn't see him. Asa relaxed. He showed up in the 36th year, and Asa fell. I hope you're getting my point here. That's just by the way. But that's what God gave me. I love my wife as Christ loves the church. I love my wife as Christ loves the church. What am I trying to say? Are you angry with your father? What do you say? I honor my father as it is commanded. I honor my father as it is commanded. In the name of Jesus, anger is not in me. Lord, I forgive him. Lord, I forgive him. You are forgiving me more. You are not asking for much. I hope you get my point. After all, it's not my creature. So it can't really sin against me. I am your creature. And I sinned against you, yet you forgive me. I hope you're getting my point here. My sin is worse. My sin against you is worse than his against me. So you forgive me. All you have asked for is little. So be, just talk like that. You don't have to feel like it. Too. Even if you are still angry, why don't you say that? Use that anger to forgive him. Say, Lord, I'm angry. But you see, this pastor you sent, apparently your word is in his mouth. He said this is how we do it. And I obeyed that word. I hope you are getting my point here. That's it. Let's begin to pray. Identify things that are hidden. Anger. You know, somebody that hurt you when you're a young girl. 
One uncle that frustrated you, made you resign, he went to Lagos, then he didn't answer your call again. Then everything that has been planted in your heart by your mother, let it go. Pull it out. Remember what we said? Satan's lies are facts. Don't forget it all. They are facts. Your uncle did not help you so. Say, Lord, I'm sorry for putting my eyes on somebody. My help comes from the Lord. Who made the heavens and the earth? It's just between you and God. Right now, remove that place where Satan is hiding in your heart. It's the reason why progress has not come. It's choking the word. It's choking it when it wants to produce. It's choking the word. It's choking the word. It's choking the word. Causing breakthrough not to come. It's causing breakthrough not to come. It's causing promotion not to come. It's causing the jobs not to come. It's just closing things. And you don't know. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, reveal to me what I'm supposed to pray. Reveal to me what I'm supposed to pray. Then the word has come. Addressing that area. Use that word to clean it. Remember we said we target darkness with light. It doesn't go away by itself. It hides. The Bible says, and God came and separated the light from the darkness. That's what we're trying to do. You remove the darkness out of your life. You put the tons. You say, Lord, it is written. Honor your father and your mother that it may be well with you. Say, Lord, I honor my father. Say, Lord, I honor my father. It is well with me. I honor him. I forgive him. Jesus says something. You disobey the word of God, make it of no effect by refusing to help with material things. We're talking about father and mother. So you say, Lord, I will help him with material things. Say, from now on, I buy his medicine. Hypertensive is diabetic. I buy his medicine. Each person pray. Each person pray. You are digging into it. You are removing, you are removing that thing. Each person pray. You are digging. That is, you are removing. That, that's, I mean, every thorn. Every thorn has a reason. Holy Spirit reveal. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit reveal. Holy Spirit reveal. Holy Spirit. Go into the hearts of each person. Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. We are taking some time. I want each person to pray. Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Try me and know my angers, my bitterness. Lord, I confess them to you. Say, Lord, I love my husband. I submit myself to him as you have commanded. We are one. We are one. His progress is my progress. His problems are my problems. I am not angry. I am grateful. Thank you for my husband. Mention his name. Lord, I thank you for him. I ask your blessing upon him. Give him wisdom. Give him understanding. Open great doors for him. Give him wisdom, Lord. Give him understanding. Open great doors for him. Anoint him as a prophet again. By faith, I receive your word from his mouth. Husbands, pray for your wife. Lord, I love my wife as Christ loved the church. I forgive I forgive. I refuse to be angry. I am patient. I walk in love. Love is kind. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is patient. This is how we overcome Satan. No? This is how we overcome Satan. It's not by shouting Satan, I overcome you. It's not by shouting Satan, I resist you. It's to remove all those things. Places where he might hide. 
is to remove everything, places where it may hide. Everybody say in the name of Jesus. I have been washed. My filthy garments have been removed. Say it again. My filthy garments, they have been removed. Garment of sin. Garment of transgressions. The garment of iniquity. It has been removed. I have a new garment. The garment of righteousness. A beautiful garment. A clean garment. A white garment. A white garment. Washed by the blood of Jesus. I walk in righteousness. I've been renewed in holiness. I've been renewed in righteousness. The spirit of Christ is in me. Say forgiveness is my portion. Say I have received forgiveness. And I forgive. Say I have received forgiveness. And I have the ability to forgive. Away with bitterness. Away with anger. Away with every seed of thorns. Say away with anxiety. Away with fear. Say, Lord, I lay my heart before you. Uproot for me every thorn by the power of the blood of Jesus. Say, Lord, I receive revelation so I can confess in the name of Jesus. Say it again, I am renewed. I am clean. Say, I wear a garment, a pure garment, a beautiful garment, the garment of righteousness. Say, Satan has no portion in me. Now listen to this. I command breakthrough for everybody present here this evening in the name of Jesus. Doors that were closed before, open now. There are all kinds of doors. Your own door, open now. In the name of Jesus. See, there are doors that God left closed. Do you know why? He didn't want people to walk into it. There are people that say, don't walk into marriage with this kind of bitterness. You will have children, but they will be wicked. So God said, no, 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 no. I closed the door. I closed that door until I've removed anger and bitterness out of your heart. My wife and I were analyzing yesterday about a movie we saw. Let me not give you the name because I don't want to send you to be looking for films to watch. But that guy was mean, bloodthirsty, kills people. Just, just annoy him. He murdered you. Why? Because his mother had poisoned his heart. As a little boy, she kept on talking about the wickedness of other people around. The boy grew up bitter, angry, and murderous. That's just the story of life. That's why sometimes God closes doors. Say, no, 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 I don't want you to pass through into that next level with this kind of heart. But tonight is over. Amen. You have been purged. Amen. You have been cleansed. Amen. Now walk into that new door. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Father God, every blessing that has been obstructed, Lord, begin to release them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Blessings of healing, release in the name of Jesus. Amen. Blessings of childbirth, release in the name of Jesus. Amen. Blessings of financial breakthrough, Lord, release in the name of Jesus. Amen. Blessings of sound mind, Lord, release in the name of Jesus. Amen. Every blessing that has been held back, Father, you are the merciful God. Release now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's give the Lord thanks. Say, Father, we thank you. Let's give him praise. Let's give him thanks because he's good. Let's give him praise. Let's give him thanks because he is good. Lord, we worship you. 
In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. All right, let's share the grace in fellowship. One, two, let's go. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. Live above sin and walk above the devil. Because you are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication, dominion, and shining forth. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Please quickly bless the people around you. This is your season. Two more people. This is your season.